Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Backyard Basketball Podcast presented by the Ordinary Podcasting Network. I'm Braden. This is Chris. We're here to talk basketball. Uh, Christian, the Boston Celtics are first in the East. Yeah, it's great and all, but honestly, um, um, they lost Robert Williams this morning, so it doesn't even matter. So he's going to be out for a couple weeks. It's going to start. I mean, yeah, they're first in the East, but like... They they need Robert Williams. They need the Time Lord, who's center and has been the anchor point. Why is he so good? Because this has been the best defensive team the last two months. For, first off, I'd say this: Ime Adoka, he should win Coach of the Year. Tell me, this year. So it's his first year um, as head coach because you know obviously the shift to Danny Ainge leaving the GM position, and then we have you know our buddy. Uh, Stevens that moves up from coach decides to retire as a coach and become the GM. And that opens up this coaching position. And this one coach comes on, which I believe he was assistant coach of Brooklyn last year. Uh, you know, he has a couple close relations with a few players on the Celtics team, notably Jalen Brown. And he comes over and it's like a terrible start. It's an absolutely like terrible start for this coach to beginning of the season, the Celtics are just like a mess of a team. You don't like have any confidence in them whatsoever. And he like turned it around in the course of the season. And he's having a team play in the last like two and a half months. I feel like the ideal version of what this four-year process has been for both these guys, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, having these wings with such length, having the best, you know, defensive, fighter in the nba in my opinion and smart you know and also probably the most polarized one of the most polarizing players in the nba and um yeah i just like i think he there's been a relationship and something established there that this is for real and this is actually something to contend with in the playoffs and i was giving the celtics the best bet for them to win the first round hands down no matter what team they face uh five through eight um, that's including Brooklyn, in my opinion, with Robert Williams. Now losing Robert Williams for a few weeks with, I don't know what it was, a tear or a sprain in the MCL. It's just like, fuck me. Like why? Like right when we're on the precipice of the playoffs. And I, I was telling you, man, I was going to bank the Celtics being like my pick to like go to the finals and like, you know, Fuck it. Maybe they're going to win it all. You know, like, just uh, I do can't it. believe just, this. Just for the, just the they, hell of it. Just because they tied the Miami Heat and made I'm, first seed. Dude, I'm telling <laughs> you, this is like, I have the utmost confidence in this team up until Monday morning when I whip up my phone. And what do I see a headline of? But Robert Williams is out for like several weeks with this, this injury. It just devastates me. So now it's like, Brooklyn, if they have to face Brooklyn, which by the way, dude, I just looked on the playoff picture. Brooklyn is sitting ninth right now. They have to be in the play-in game. I know they got to do the plan, and if they do the the plan, it's either the Hawks, yeah, the Hawks, or the Cavs, man. If they fall to tenth, I it's crazy, dude. I just I think like that's nuts to see. But regardless, so if Boston has to go say against Brooklyn as the eighth seed, if they hold on to the one seed, which that's a topic for discussion. Like without Robert Williams, yeah. I don't I don't feel so great about them. 
But so this was a team that started know. the season with contention around Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Can they all play together? Who's the odd man out here? We got a new coach in Odoka who we don't know if this thing's gonna work out. And they like were kind of sitting around the 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 play in spot for most of the season. Like they they were not the best team in the division for a long time. Brooklyn and Philly did their chemistry experiment <laughs> and they're starting to, well, Philly's a good team, but they're having some weird lapses. Brooklyn might not make the playoffs. Well, it does. It does say something that the East is incredibly, it's more competitive this year than the West hands down. I mean, you look at all these teams, like they're so close to wins and losses. So at this point, like I had some preconceived idea, maybe by last the end of last week of okay these are going to be maybe the kind of matchups we're going to see and then obviously over the course of the weekend like things just have moved around dramatically you're having the heat have this crazy struggling losing record as of late you know they're the most Jekyll and Hyde team I'd say in, Who, the, in the NBA oh for sure you, you know one game is? no well because Brooklyn hasn't what? had their pieces together they have, exactly. They What's more well, but, Jekyll and Hyde than that? No, no. Jekyll and Hyde. One day Hyde you have Kyrie, way. one day you don't. Jekyll and Hyde. Well, yeah, because that <laughs> is like obviously, you know, when Kyrie plays, we're just saying something to Kyrie, only playing like, what, 20 some games this season, that every game he has played, his numbers are off the charts. The Heat, however, you have your whole team. You, you're not losing guys to injury. Oladipo's even back playing now, even though it's limited minutes, but he's playing. And there's just like. You know, one time that you watch them and they're playing incredible defense, they're playing, you know, the heat way, and that is going to lead you to a championship. And then you have some games where you have Eric Spolstra and Udonis Haslam and Jimmy Butler pretty much saying, I'm going to beat your ass, you know, at each other, like a really intense, you know, uh, moment. And, And they lose that game. They've lost, what, four games in a row now. The games that they lose, it's just not like even close games. It's just they fall apart. So, like, what what does that mean necessarily to the future of that team? I don't feel confident in banking on the Miami Heat making it, say, past. Like, the, if they make it past the first round, there's no way in hell they're making it past the second round. Well, some would, some would argue that that's passion. And that's, that's guys making sure that shit is in line going into the playoffs. True. And but, I, I mean, I you, have such confidence knowing Kyle Lowry's on a team yep. of, you know, it, yeah, there's some hotheads and there's, I mean, they're the heat and they live in Miami and the pressures just must be insane. Oh, for sure. But for sure. they have a proven leader with a ring in Kyle Lowry. He now, now in a phase of his career where he is a solid veteran that is consistent, can put up buckets, threes, defense, kind of everything, locker room community stuff like that's a really solid piece for pat riley's team and i think that the miami heat could surprise a lot of people that's true that's very true i i mean i don't discount them if they made it to the finals in the bubble regardless of the asterisk on the bubble i you know what i i'll i'll put it this way about miami i feel that no no matter how they exit this this playoffs i think it's a win-win for them so one, yeah, you make it all the way to the finals and you get that chance for a championship ring, the chip. You get it or you don't get it. I mean, like, it's saying something to the testament of this team. I mean, obviously, you're going to want to win it this year. 
But I think of like looking on the other side. Say they don't win it. Like, what's the one thing I don't know if you've been seeing in the tea leaves that if Miami were to lose and maybe lose early, and there would be like you know some guy who lives upriver, <laughs> a couple up of river. states, you uh, know, plays for the Wizards that could come to that team, and you have like the team next year that is going to be like the team, you know, they would have to contend I'm, with. I can't imagine Bradley Beal on the Miami Heat team being, you know. So, I mean, look at that. Like, hey, you either win the championship or you're probably going to get Bradley Beal this offseason. So is he a free agent? It's close. It's like he's either going to be a free – I mean – I really admire Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard. Their stick-to-itiveness to their team without being tr- like upfront traded. I mean, DeMar DeRozan was the same way. He was through and through, not from that place, but but is committed to that place as a home. And as like, I I really really admire it because who wants to stay with the Wizards? I mean, Michael Jordan was there for a year or two, and it was dreadful. Gilbert Arenas shot a guy in his locker room. Like it must. He didn't shoot a guy. He hey hey. He didn't shoot a guy. He pulled a gun out. I think there's actually a, th- a pod I saw recently somewhere. There, there's there's that story actually is up in a pod somewhere. You know, search pods. Maybe Gilbert Arenas. You know, I think he was on Ryan Rosillo about Antarctica. But Absolutely. that whatever the fuck happened to make that he, happen? He had a he had a Will Smith moment. <laughs> Oh boy! Just slap somebody, just with a gun. Well, to, yeah, I mean, there's that an would be terrible. To go from Thank like God to that, that. Not condoning the actions of Will Smith, but if he pulled out a gun, oh God! Oh my God! It went um, south. It could have gone further south. Okay, before Gilbert Arenas, what what were we? conversing on here the wizards uh, you were talking about bradley oh, beal going to the miami yeah. heat and that's a really interesting so, it's an interesting just, thing that could happen but there's no way that tyler hero duncan robinson all fit with that team still if that's what's no, gonna happen no no well you're moving pieces around but you're having Jimmy Butler, kyle lowry bam Adebayo, and bradley beal on your team that's your fourth so jimmy butler's the three event yeah Pro- yeah, probably. I mean, you move those guys around somehow to make it all work. I think they yeah, need Jimmy to bring Butler back Mario Chalmers. Didn't, didn't Jimmy Butler play three in Philadelphia? Or did he play the... Uh, it's likely he did, but he he's a, he seems like a two to me. I don't know. Maybe his defense, he's a bit taller, a bit longer. He, he moves. I, I liked Jimmy Butler on that Philadelphia team better than I did on the Miami team that went to the finals. Like the, I don't know, just that that team and how it was kind of built together, and I mean Toronto literally, you know, took the yeah. life out of them. I I think having you know Beal him him at the three out of bio, maybe if you can move Hero and Robinson and also get like some sort of big. So I was just looking at this and get, let me know your thoughts. So Bradley Beal, he's got one more year in his contract, so after next year he'll be a free agent. So of course there's going to be some sort of urgency that the Wizards get something for him instead of him walking, right? Oh yeah. If okay, how about this? If it wasn't if it was in Miami and they were unfortunately going to trade, like I got this weird feeling. I don't know, man. I, like I agree with you about Beal and Damian Lillard and their commitment and really honoring that. 
I mean, in the Damian Lillard situation, maybe he just does stay. But I have this feeling next season both those guys are going to be gone. But like, what teams could you see, like, say Bradley Beal going on? If it was Miami, I think an interesting one might be like a Memphis. Um, like a surpriser Whoa. team that's been really kind Dude. of like showing off lately. I mean, Dude. wouldn't that be crazy? Oh man! What if he went to Dallas? Actually, that that was another team I thought of too. That's that just it. Like, crazy. find a team that's really even. I mean, Denver has kind of one or two more shots at this. They need a healthy Jamal Murray. If they've got a healthy Jamal Murray, watch out, Denver. But I, yeah, I don't know if there's going to be another piece necessarily. We got to see what Denver is like. I feel Denver's like next season. If you've got everybody healthy, what they can do, um, you know, you start making some big swings then for some other people. But yeah, it'd be funny actually if LeBron James left and went to Denver to join Jokic and Jamal Murray. Why <laughs> to win his last chip in Denver with against with Jokic? He'd be like, "This is the best big man I've ever played with." That he's life. ever played with. I bet he would love to have a solid big man. He's just been riddled with Dwight Howards and DeAndre Jordans and fucking like an Anthony Davis. Well, Anthony Davis, I guess I just completely forget because he's oh, always you're... out. <laughs> God, he was an NBA player. Yeah, he's always like, out, and it sucks. Don't let this be his legacy. He's like a phantom, you know. He's like just kind of roaming around and in the house, and you almost look like you can grasp him, but then he's he's a specter. He just disappears. <laughs> <laughs> and then LeBron's like, "Damn it! I can't! I can't even win against this Pelicans team that we're fucking neck and neck with. You know, dropping thirty nine points, and I still lose." He's still so good. That's just it, I though. Feel, oh, man, I feel bad for him. He, uh, yeah, he's so good. <laughs> it sucks because I, I guess I feel bad that you feel like I know he's getting a lot of points, but it, it feels like it's a wasted year. You know, him still like really pumping it out. And, you know, if he had those pieces there, maybe they could be something. I mean, the Westbrook thing, whatever. I don't want to talk about Lakers. <laughs> the Westbrook thing, whatever. Well, fuck it. Let's just stop talking about the NBA we, altogether then. Well, wait, wait, wait. Can we talk about – I'd love to talk about the other thing because I think it's important to talk about. The Raptors, man. I feel – Wow. Now, right now I'm looking like they they could face Milwaukee potentially in the first round, which is very scary. But there's some of this Raptors team, man. Like I feel like they can really pull a punch and even a potential upset against any of these teams. I completely agree. I completely agree. I would say if you're looking at betting, the unders are in their favor. Like you yeah. you have to kind of see this team as an underdog only in so much as how they were set up this year. But that's going to be a, I mean that's that's what surprised everybody so far uh in the, you know, in their positioning is that they're in a really tough division when you look at Boston, Philly, Brooklyn. They're not supposed to be the 2019 Raptors that we saw. Well, I mean, <laughs> and they can't be. They don't have those players anymore, frankly. Um, but they did hold on to Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet in that offseason, not trading for Russell Westbrook and Paul George, both who I, I'm not even, I don't even want to talk about their experience this year because I'm just grateful they're not with the Raptors. Yeah. We've had so many good breaks. 
Oof. Well, okay, so you can talk about them as luck or breaks. Well, you can also give credit where credit's due, and Masao Ujiri is the best executive in the NBA, I think. For sure. But I I just say that in the sense, like, you could, you couldn't anticipate, like, these no. turnouts. Just say no, they're so tantalizing. Or... Yeah, to think that my team could have the triple-double king would be a, a miracle. And now you're in L.A. and you're thinking something else. You're the, yeah, you're not the trip, triple double. You're the, you're like, I wish I still had Kuzma. You're the, you're the white castle of, of basketball players right now. I think he'll figure it out, but probably not this season and maybe not with this team. Westbrook. Yeah. So he did see you go to Houston. Like, do they I don't trade think him so, to Houston? No. Uh, no. Like, what do you, how, where can you, where can you move this guy? Where, where could Westbrook go? I mean, you're going to get shit for it. Port, there you go. You're not going to get Lillard, but... No. You can try. There's just no way. There's no way. <laughs> there's like... no effing way. They'll say maybe like in Anthony Davis, but we feel really awkward about one. Maybe he, uh, maybe he goes back to OKC. I don't know. I don't know. Denver, while Jamal Murray's out forever. I just don't know. Can you get John Wall for? John Wall is stuck to that contract, and Houston has it. Um, and you could say the exact same with Russell Westbrook and the Lakers. Maybe LeBron's gone. Like I'm starting to honestly believe that LeBron's going to be gone on this team next season. It's weird. And it's it's his fault. He, you think Polink is the one bringing these guys in? <laughs> well, There's like, no what way. Done, what has he done LeBron's every one... other time this has happened? This has happened a lot, but what has he done every single time? Made a mess and then left. And then left. Well, he usually won, though. And he, I guess he did. He did win in L.A. Yeah. And he's going to go somewhere. He's like, okay, i got two years left. He's got, like, I you know what? I've always been a huge, huge fan of uh, country music. And then he goes to Memphis. Oh, my God. He, he won't Memphis. go to Memphis. He won't go to Memphis. <laughs> There's no way they could make that happen. But and plus, Jaw wants to Jaw, Jaw wants to dominate. He said, he "What's will. the one guy that he wants to dunk on in the NBA?" And Jaw said, "LeBron James." He I wants think the only time that ever happens will be in practice when they're on the same no, team. He, no way. Jaw will be like, <laughs> "He wants it in game. Fuck he wants that it guy. In game. Fuck that guy. I'm winning it on my own. He ain't win shit. I'm the best player." I am the best player in the in this game. That's awesome. Period. He's That's very very good. Maybe he's got good friend. You know, he's could, could he go to Milwaukee? He like him and Giannis. They like each other. Do they? I feel like everybody likes I, each other in the like NBA. It's, <laughs> it's a I mean, great Steph, culture. I feel Steph and LeBron got a good relationship too, but I don't know. I just feel like you know LeBron thinks so highly of Giannis. you like fast cars? Do you like when they race? Whether you're a seasoned Formula One fan or you've just discovered the rush of racing, check out the Pit Stop Podcast presented by the Ordinary Podcasting Network. Join Jordan, Tyler, and Braden each week as they recap every race as well as break down the biggest stories on and off the track all before setting you up for the next race in the Formula One schedule. The Pit Stop Podcast is available anywhere you get your podcast. You know what else 
has a very strong relationship. Who? The WNBA's relationship with the NBA is really, really strong. I feel like the NBA has gone over and above to make sure and ensure that there is a culture for uh, uh, women's basketball. And this is what I want to talk about. I'd say it's the strongest out of all like the major sports for sure. So there's a campaign going on right now around YWCA's got a new campaign called Add the M, which is about flipping the script on men's and women's sports. So their and their campaign is is you know it's time to add the M to these major men's sports league. Just and and it, I th- I think it's it's not one of those like you know do it or else. It's it's a conversation though about why why our focus isn't as heavily on the women's side of the sport. Well, I think that I think you have to address the elephant in the room, which is also a conversation, not just about sports, but I think in general between the equity of um, men and women on many different levels throughout a long period of our history. And I think the biggest thing in the context of this with, with the sports is, I mean, all of the money, all of the equity, the focus and intention. So think of all the type of, you know, um, advertisers and, and TV contracts and deals and, and elevate the emphasis and the importance of what, you know, this award means of winning those like, you know, trophies, whether it's the Stanley Cup or, um, you know, the, you know, there's a lot of equity that's pushed and focused on, on that. And, you know, for businesses and stuff, the bottom line is what kind of return they're going to get. And so we still, this is kind of the major proprietor, even in 2022. And you see this facet and equity within businesses between men and women and say their equity of opportunity or financial, you know, what they're getting paid for too. There's a a big distinction there still. Um, So to look at specifically the framework of this sports you can't also help but address that in the context of the bigger picture i think within life and and that kind of conversation i think there it's all deeply tied you know bigger picture but the you know the thing that i am in oppressed with and appreciative of is that in the wnba specifically there has been a strong effort you know a big company like tnt hiring on as one of like the major contributors, um, you know, Parker and, and, you know, being there, you know, every week and such ingratiated into that, you know, community. And, um, you know, Candace is like amazing at what she does and she's also an amazing basketball player. And I don't know, there's a more just natural, acceptance and appreciation like when you know we get to see when we put people in these opportunities and then you know young people can look at and see like i can i can be that too and it just slowly kind of sets in those roots and creates i feel like you know more equity to see somebody like that and providing those opportunities it leaves reverberations and so they've done like an incredible job up up until this point and i think like wherever those kind of discussions and emphasis and wanting to push you know, the barriers and the envelope. I mean, I'm, I'm all for it, but I think it's important to recognize too, that, you know, you could just change the logo or the name on something and all of the systems within the economy 
that propagate the significance of something like us watching sports at the highest level and everything that's associated with that. I think there has to be also some sort of cognitive address to all of that as well, too, as we continue to move forward in this direction. Because then at the end of the day, it's just going to be, say, a name that's changed and maybe the weight that's behind it. it you know, there isn't going to be any substantiated reverberation effect that actually is going to create more you know, change for opportunity. It just maybe appeases like an initial kind of response and then there's no follow-up, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's one thing to change the name, but it, but if it is as important, then it should be just as, as easy, you know, to, to break that cycle, to break that system of how we've looked at something for a long time. If, and, and it's just as symbolic, I think, which is, is, uh, is what's important, you know? Like if you make sure that the focus is on equity in terms of pay and in terms of respect and, and, you know, value held to um, the system of it, making sure that kids have access to it early on. Um, then as they look at it with the major sports leagues, it should be just as easy to change the name. Let's talk about the NCAA because I'd, I think the NCAA has done a really great job at this year, specifically making sure that their uh, women's program has been just as witnessed and just as followed. Just as incredible Cinderella stories and upsets uh, to that tournament as we saw in the NCAA men's side of it. Christian, I know your bracket is absolutely busted, torched. Um, what are your takeaways from the NCAA tournament as we go into final four um so i did watch uh the uh, both south carolina games the WNBA south carolina games um which i don't know i definitely feels like the favorite going into that they have been for so many years um against north carolina and creighton and creighton yeah. was the cinderella story that you're talking about too um yeah like really really great games so no i totally agree with you on the WNBA front and it's kind of nice to be see those interchangeably i mean it's just so much basketball to watch so it's just really great just to like throw it on all day and um these these okay so these final four i mean the first thing i gotta say man like So I, when we were making our brackets and, and like, it was like, I don't know that Monday or something initially, like you just, I had an old name from last year of what I like titled my bracket and it was some stupid name. So I was like, okay, screw this. I'm just going to change the name. And I hadn't even put much thought and I knew because of this is coach K's last year. And I just decided I was going to call it like Christian's blue devil's bracket. Right. And I just like left it. And then, you know, a couple of days go by and I'm reading all this information and reading into things and overthinking things and then going from there back and forth and being, you know, to myself like, oh, yeah, trying to like make sense of it all. And I decided, oh, yeah, you know, actually, Kentucky's going to be a really good team and they're going to go far and they're going to win it all. And they're going to beat all these crazy teams like Murray State and Purdue. And, oh, it's going to be a joke. And they lose their first game against St. Peter's, the 15th seed that makes it to the 8th seed. The first time this is ever done in NCAA history. So what the fuck do I know, man? Well, do you, so, you didn't know the heart of the St. Peter's Peacocks. Really cool. I like looked up where they were, and it's like this really small like college. It's like almost like a, I don't want to say a community college, because I don't know if it's an actual community college of sorts. But you know, like the, the size, the space of those kind of things. It's like one maybe building on a block. Like it's not very big. 
in in yeah. like the heart of New Jersey. And like, so the, I mean, I'm, I mean, I love it. And like watching them play, had a lot of fight. There's a lot of character on that team. And I mean, it's an amazing story, but. Uh, did you hear their coach talk? Coach Holloway talk about that St. Peter's team? I think he put it best of just, you, what you they made history. That's it. Yeah, I think yeah. he said point blank, period. Totally. They made history. Not, you know, and that's, what, that's what's so great about the tournament uh, for the men's and the women's side of the sport is to, to be able to have those kinds of upsets and those kinds of stories and, and players that – and that we start to learn about their, their backgrounds and, you know, who they are and, and what brought them to basketball. And it's, it's, such, a, it's a, such a fun tournament for, for so many people. Absolutely, man. It, it it totally is. It's just, and it's just, it's straight up what the name says is madness. You know, like every, <laughs> I mean, talk about equity. Like, doesn't matter where you're seated. You have an opportunity when you step your foot on that court to win a game and make it on to the next round. And what, what, like, you have to win, was it like six games, five or six games? And boom, that's it. You won the yep. tournament. So, yeah. Boom. And here we go. Final four. You know, Blue, the Blue Devils. I, I said it in the name. I should have just stick with my gut and been like, "Oh, they won it." You Wait, know? you didn't? How far did you I, have them go? I, well, I had them going to the Final Four, but that was it. I just okay, wish I okay. had them winning the whole thing because here's a personal story. When I first started getting into basketball, my uh, high school biology teacher. She was super excited come March time. And I was just like, you know, hey, Miss Burley, like, you know, coming in early class, like, what are you doing? Like, what's that thing you have on your desk? And she's like, oh, it's my bracket. And she's telling me all about the NCAA March Madness. And this is the first time I ever heard about it. And I remember her. She was my favorite teacher I ever had in high school. And... I remember her favorite team that every single year that she did her bracket, she always picked this team going at least to the final four, if not winning at all. And it was Duke. I don't know why Duke was her favorite team, hmm. but Duke was her favorite team. And you know, this was coach K's last year. Like I'm feeling so, you know, whatever hindsight's 2020, blah, blah, blah. I should have just stuck with my gut. So here I'm telling everybody when you feel something in your gut, just trust it. And I'm happy that Duke's made it to the final four. They're playing against North Carolina Tar Heels, an eight seed, which has also had a great story. And we know that is like one of the most heated rivalries. They said this is the first time that this has ever happened in the final four of these two teams facing off. Wow. Uh, well, it's a great story. Home team, like you've got the state, the probably two of the best programs in the country as well. And storied players have gone to these programs, namely... Michael Jordan playing for the Tar Heels, uh, you know, and then you've got a slew of players, Kyrie, Zion, JJ Redick. Um, and then uh, guys, I'm just going to f- totally forget or, or think that they played for them and didn't. So I'm just going to stop there. Uh, but I think <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. A lot. It's yep. going to be fantastic to watch these, these two teams. And I, and again, all to top it off with coach K's last, Last kick at the can, and um, oh man, it's it's special. It's going to be a very special game. Who do you have winning it? Obviously, I, I'm assuming you're trusting your gut, yeah, and going with I'm, the Duke I'm, Blue Devils. I'm, I'm picking Duke at the end of the day. I think I don't know on that Villanova Kansas side. 
I honestly didn't think much of this Villanova team. And, on, and I didn't think much of the Kansas team. You had Kansas in the final game. I right? did pick Kansas in the final, but I, that's only because they're a one seed, honestly. And they've got a decent program with some players, but I couldn't name any of their players. So they're, that was a bit, the, <laughs> a bit of a guess. They're the only one seed. Actually, you know, you know why? You know why? I'll tell you why. I didn't have faith in any of these uh, in the teams in their division. Um, in the Midwest, yeah, I know. I'm yeah, looking like, at it. It's like the easiest ride. They beat, they beat Texas Southern, Creighton, Providence, and Miami. Providence, tonight. yeah, man. I mean, they snuck out a, a win against Providence. Providence could have upset them. Uh, Iowa would have been the team I thought. Creighton also could have beat them, and then they, yeah, they muscled Texas Southern. Uh, Villanova's been there, won it. They also kind of had a bit of a an easy ride. They beat Delaware by 20, Ohio State by 10, Michigan by 12. Like, I'm they gonna... haven't faced anything quite like what I think we've seen. Houston, the, the, when this was the Elite Eight and actually yeah. the, the bets. By six, for, they won that. Yeah. For the odds. Um, Houston was number one in the odds really? when they were at the Elite Eight to, yeah, to win the whole thing. So uh, actually, Villanova being Houston is a really big deal. So I don't know. I'm, okay. I'm going to pick Duke and Villanova and Duke to win it all. That's that's what I'm going to say. The two seeds, finishing it out. Yeah. And you all got right. what? You got Kansas? I'm, I'm going to go Duke and Kansas, yeah. Okay. I want this get- Duke team to win. I mean, North Carolina would be a great, great story, eight seed going to the final uh final game but uh no i want the i want the blue ticker tape uh falling all over coach k by the end of this tournament that'd be that'd be a special that'd be a special exit uh quickly here before we go i don't know if you've like looked any more a little bit into these draft guys i mean obviously chet holgram didn't make it very far losing arkansas yeah, that was that was unfortunate. Uh, but you know, it's nature of the tournament. They're, you're going to face something that you haven't seen before, or a guy's going to get hot, or you're just not going to have your game. And I think, I mean, Chet, we were watching a bit of that game before uh, before I had to tuck, duck out of it. But Chet Holgram was like he played like I was expecting. He was you know quite dominant down in the paint. He had a crazy uh, nice. Uh, roll roll move with a a Kareem looking hook like it's going to be fun to watch him in the NBA coming up so absolutely man 100% no and we'll see be this a- Paolo uh, what's his name Paolo Paolo Banchero for Duke so he's good man he's he has really been coming on hot I think uh I mean this North Carolina team's pretty good but I think this Duke team's just gonna Pull, pull, a, pull a Will Smith on. So, so oh bad. God. I gotta stop that. I gotta stop that. Let's give you guys such a meme. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, so the before Oscars. we go, though, let's... The, yep. we've, so we've seen... Uh, I'm trying to find it all here. So South Carolina's in the final four uh, for the women's side of this tournament. Stanford is also in the final four, both one seeds. And then we've got a game, I think, tonight. Louisville, Michigan, one and a three. And then North Carolina State and UConn as a two. Who do you think of those two games is going to f- finish out this final four? 
Michigan versus South. Oh, sorry, uh, Michigan versus Louisville. North Carolina State versus UConn. I'm going to say Louisville and UConn, and I've got I think South Carolina UConn in the final game. And you know what? I'm going to pick yeah. uh, my favorite player. Uh, South Carolina team is just special. I'm going to pick my favorite player, Paige Buckers from UConn, to win it all. So okay, you know, okay. I, I'm just oh, putting it man. out there. She 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 just shoots the light out anywhere she goes. I feel like she's like the Steph Curry of of women's basketball. So so let's go. Let's go high school. Hope, hopefully the women's <laughs> can be better than the men's for me because they they really shit the bed. So, <clears throat> man, my bracket, dude. I just you, it uh, fell apart very very quickly. Who am I gonna pick here? I'm gonna pick. Um, I'm gonna pick UConn and Michigan. I think Michigan. I don't know. Maybe they might upset this Louisville team. Louisville's been very good, but uh, why not? Hey, why not? And who am I picking? I'm going to pick to win it all. I'm going to pick South Carolina because uh, they've had a fantastic program for the last little while. Um, And I think they won it. Didn't they win it recent? Didn't they win it last year? Let me look this up. Stanford won it last year. South Carolina won it back in 2017. So, but I think this weren't they, I weren't think they in the final game last year though? I think they might have been. Yeah, I think they've always had a really good program, uh, and some of their players are uh, they just they always look well coached, and I don't know, they look good. They look really, really good. So I'm going with the Gamecocks, the most unfortunate name in all of. Uh, college sports, I think, uh, other than the Santa Cruz banana slugs. But between the two of them, uh, I think the Gamecocks are going to have a better time uh, winning the NCAA Women's Basketball March Madness Tournament. Uh, Chris, any final thoughts here on the NCAA? No, man. No, that's that's it for me for, for March Madness. And 